It is Sunday, April 22nd, 2018. My name's Anthony, and I'm here with Michael. This is Time Lapse, the podcast where cars and watches are the focus, but tangents are often the reality. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, hello. Hello for the third time. Welcome, yes. everybody, to Time Lapse. Um, well, you guys didn't hear it three times. Yeah, you guys didn't hear we, the, the three, we did three times that we had. Pretty funny stuff, though. Um, good morning. Good morning to you, Mikey, as well. We drove in separately today. It is today. a very good morning. Yeah. Yes, we, we usually actually we use a carpool. You know, we're about that yeah. environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it was eight degrees this morning, mm-hmm. super warm. Uh, all the ice on my driveway melted, so I was able to get my car out of the out of the garage. Perfect. Uh, so I drove the car here. Anthony drove a transport truck here. Yes, transport truck. Yep. The most comfortable transport truck you never did see. Uh, no, I drove the F-150. My dad's F-150. Fantastic. Love it. 2017 Limited. Great. Best. Uh, no comment. Definitely best trim level of the F-150, I think, bar none. Uh <laughs> I'm clearly saying Actually, that to, to, to what spite. do you think is the best trim level of the F-150? The Raptor. Okay. Really? 100%. Take into everything into consideration. You don't think that's way overpriced? Okay, well, if you're taking price into consideration. No, yeah, everything, everything, everything. What do you think is like the... Well, it obviously wouldn't be the limited then because right. that's uh, overpriced as well. So what do you think is the best? Um, I honestly don't know. What what uh, represents the FX4 trim at this point? Well, the FX4 is more of... Um, like a package? A, yeah, it's it's like an add-on so package I, as I opposed would to say, a trim level. I would say not a platinum, but, but maybe a Lariat FX4. Okay. Right, because you see a lot of those. As long as you get a ten-speed transmission, a three and a point-five liter EcoBoost, and then some, you know, nice suspension and, and wheels, mm-hmm. and a nice interior, like relatively nice, because yeah. now these trucks you can option anything. I don't think you need the the electronic side steps. I don't think you need the massage seats. I don't even think you really need the panoramic roof. And all of that is nice, except for the massage seats. Yeah, that's one thing I I don't even understand. It's more of um more of a kitten just pushing on your yeah. back. <laughs> I think I think though it what it is meant for is like the long drive to just to keep your butt from numbing up and and stuff like that. It, it's probably yeah. more. It's less of a luxury, and I think more of a. It's meant to be like something you know, so your leg doesn't fall asleep. Okay. Maybe that's why they justify putting it in. I don't know. I'm sure the other uh, other trucks in that price range have that pickup trucks. Right, like I'm sure yeah. top of the line Chevy pretty and Ram thing have now. that now. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I want to be sitting there, and these seats are just like, yeah, that that's not gonna happen. It's not the back <laughs> of a of a Maybach. Um, but yeah, no, no, I drove the F one fifty, and yeah, great man. I think even a lot of people say they don't like the sound of the twin turbo EcoBoost. I prefer you, it. Yeah, when you put your foot down, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah, it it sounds like like a like a performance engine. It, you know, not that the V8 doesn't, but it, it sounds good. No, yeah. Um, um just one thing. Yeah. Anyone out there looking to buy an F150, always get the FX4. Like package, yeah. get the suspension. Yeah. 100% worth it. Uh my old FX4 model which was an, a trim level at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was the one with the stripe on the side that had it. Now the the platinum that I have doesn't have it, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm on a bowl of jelly. Yeah, that was the one thing my dad said. His the 2016 platinum he had had the FX4 yeah. package, and he said that rode a lot better, so much better. The limited now doesn't, and it's pretty stiff. And it's not just because of the Pirelli tires; like that does attribute it to it. But man, when uh, I was actually driving with my girlfriend yesterday uh, back from Yorkdale, and we hit a big pothole on the 401. She got scared. Like, she was like, oh, my God, is, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, it's just... Don't a, worry. It's, it's just unsprung a, Just an F-150. Don't worry. Don't worry, babe. No, but even when you go over, like, um, 
I notice, notice like railroad tracks. Yeah. On my way home, I go over them every day. I go over them. And I'm just like the rear end. The rear end feels like it's in a it, different feel, angle. Yeah, and, yeah it, it's, it's ridiculous. It hops. It hops and skips. But the the whole the real thing. Yes, you can get the FX4 pack, FX4 package. That'll help. Yep. But unsprung weight is the issue, right? The suspension's meant to have to be stiff, so it can of take course. a load and. That's what she said. Uh, but okay. I had to. It was right there. Um, but that's why they feel that way. I mean, if you put, I'm trying to think, some steel in the back of your truck, it'll be a way more comfortable ride. Thanks, Anthony. You're welcome. Thanks for that. You're welcome, Mikey. Little truck tips. There you go. All right. uh, but we got a we got a, a bit of a of an interesting show today. I think very fast. Before we get into that, Ooh. should we do a little uh, weekend review? Go ahead. Okay, I'll jump into it. Uh, I had a pretty interesting week. Some watch stuff, some some car stuff, some some two wheel stuff. Uh, before I get into, I'll talk about the watch stuff after when we yeah. get into our when we get into our yeah, watch yeah, yeah. segment. Uh, as far as the car stuff, obviously we had a major ice storm um, last week, and we actually spoke about it. It, it didn't allow us to uh, to record up here in Aaron. But uh, it got worse after that Friday. Um, the Friday and Saturday, I think we're deep. We're okay. The Sunday though. All no. the snow. Saturday was pretty. It was. It was that was that was the day. It was very, very, very slushy. Yeah. And the roads. Right. There were no plows had gone by because, of course, it's yes. April and all the contracts with the cities mm-hmm. and the plows are are over at this point. And um, there's just huge mounds of slush and snow buildup in the intersections, mm-hmm. and it was just people getting stuck everywhere. Yeah, disaster. but see, people getting stuck is one thing. All throughout the week, because the that snow and slush had frozen then instantly froze, overnight, yeah. they become they became boulders on the road. Put it all this way, week. The last the last four days have been yeah. well over zero. Yeah, which means there should be no snow on the ground. But my driveway had a good four to five inch thick chunk yeah, of ice chunk on of it. ice that you I, couldn't shovel. I, I, yeah. could, I literally could not get my car out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't shovel through it. Nothing. Well, you made it. Uh, you're lucky to take your car out because at, at Honda, we had at least 30 to 40 customers come in, tore the undershields right off the bottom of their car. Really? Because they, they, did, they saw the snow on the ground, I guess, but thought, okay, well, I drove over it yesterday. It should be fine. That they didn't realize is it was hard packed ice. Yep. It looked like snow, but it was packed. So it just tore the undershields right off. Thank God I had the truck and I was able to yeah mount the the cliff at the end of my driveway i got stuck leaving my driveway really yeah because uh i knew that i had to fly out of my driveway but there this was, was the accord yeah there okay. was someone who was stuck on the road in front of my house so as i was in reverse i tried to go as fast as i could obviously it wasn't fast enough i ended up getting stuck and i had to get a steel shovel out to break up the ice and hard pack snow yeah. I, I basically beached my car um but yeah so just interesting week as far as weather wise thank god it's all over yes um, as my, far as the forecast can see we're having a very warm set of two weeks yes which is good news because my m2 course or sorry my m2 exit course which is in, in canada is your motorcycle um your your final motorcycle licensing it was scheduled for yesterday but it was canceled because they assumed the weather would be bad or the parking lot would be not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to reschedule for two weeks from now. I wish that they hadn't canceled it because the weather was absolutely gorgeous yesterday. And it's going to be gorgeous today as well. But I'll have to put that off. Um, in other good news regarding two wheels, I did get the Vespa out for its first uh, real ride yesterday. Oh, really? It's so nice in the cold. Like, obviously, I have to dress warmly. But, man, it, it's a lot more responsive. It, it just pulls. Yeah. It can do like 85 kilometers an hour, no problem. Holy moly. 
yeah on on the on little i would say 12 inch wheels it, yep. it, it can get kind of scary because you know potholes and stuff but it was it was nice man it was a nice ride i ended up picking up some gloves uh for the bike when the bike is ready some brown uh, leather gloves cool so yeah there's some interesting stuff there what about yourself um you know in canada we have a thing i think it's all over the world to be honest mm-hmm. most countries um jury selection uh, so that was my week ah uh, yes and uh that's about it for me because when you're in jury selection, you just sit there for hours upon hours. Is it jury duty or jury no? Selections? So you 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 Pre- go. So you're pre-selected to go there to see if you're selected to be on the jury. I see. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really long and lame process and mm-hmm. uh, frustrating process, and uh, that consumed my week. Hmm. But uh, you're out of it now, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank God. Okay. Good. Yeah. Scott free. Good stuff. Did my did my civic duty for the next four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um but at the beginning of the week, Sunday, mm-hmm. there was something a little bit more exciting. What was that? Early, early in the morning. Um the Chinese Grand Prix. Hey, yeah, F one. Formula One. Yeah. Um exciting race. I don't know if you got any highlights or if you watched the race. I did not. Yeah. I spoke about it. Started with some it started guys at, at two AM. Yeah. Was it was a was an early one. If you guys follow our Instagram, I was Pumping away those <laughs> those those stories, yeah. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Daniel Ricciardo for his first win. I did see that. I like I like seeing Daniel Ricciardo drink out of the shoe, and yep. I think you know the shoey. I think that the drinking out of the shoe is actually pretty. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Australian. It, it, no, but it's. Uh, I think it actually means something. When you think about it. Right, he's no. driving the whole time. He's not changing. He's not switch, switching shoes. Those shoes go through the whole race with him, Kay. and his feet are definitely getting hella sweaty. Right, all the blood, sweat, and tears, realistically, is in the is in that shoe. Okay, so he, he pours the champagne and he drinks it in because no, that's. I, I don't think <laughs> I think you're reading into that. Too maybe much. I'm reading into it too much. It, but think, it's just I, nice I'm, to I'm see. pretty sure it's an Australian thing. Okay, maybe it like, is. Like I think yeah. a shoey is a thing. Okay, Australians are weird. Unless he just made that a thing. Honestly, Australians are weird, and that's not to say I'm not I'm not shitting on Australians. I think Australians are also very cool, but that is something I could see being a thing in Australia. You take off your shoe and drink some beer. Yeah, they're a little upside down down there. Yeah. Well, oh, good one. Wow, is that a pun? A pun this early? Let's just call today pun Um, days. You know Patrick Stewart, Uh, the actor, the guy from from Star Star Trek. Trek? Yeah, Yeah. he he did a shoey with the. He's a big F one fan. Really? Yeah, he did a shoey with Daniel. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, shout um, out to Patrick Stewart. But yeah, uh, shout out to Red Bull and um, mm-hmm. Red Bull Aston Martin. Got to keep that one in there this year. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's more Red Bull tag. Aston Martin's in there as well. I like to call them Aston Martin because yeah. I like Aston Martin. Um, but yeah, their first win, Daniel's first win. Um, someone else from Red Bull, Max Verstappen, who I very much like. Mm-hmm. Um, is Young hard. guy, right? Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of the younger guys. There's a, quite a few uh, really young guys in there now. Mm-hmm. But um, he has a lot of talent, but he's really hard to watch because he, he's very aggressive and he takes a lot of risks, mm-hmm. but they rarely work. So he, he, like he, he started, he, he, was, he was fifth on the starting grid. And at one point he was in, I think, third. But he, he kept on screwing himself up. He would, he, would, he would get past like Hamilton and then he would kind of screw it up and then fall back and then... He hit Vettel and 
Now, do yeah. you think that might just be something inexperienced? That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With For more, sure. yeah, the the risk taking is definitely a sign of someone who's aggressive, young, maybe hot headed. Yeah, but he's really, really, really talented, and um, hopefully, we can start seeing him mm-hmm. win some races. I'm sure that'll pan out. They won't keep um, him on the team for long if he doesn't, right? No. But um, hopefully we stop seeing Vettel win some races, mm-hmm. which he didn't. And thanks to Max Verstappen, he ended pretty late in the game. He finished eighth. Why did uh, Verstappen take him out or something? Yeah. Oh boy. Kind of, yeah. They, they like they they kind of did a spin together. What position were they fighting for at that point? Uh, third and fourth or fourth oh and fifth. Mm-hmm. They were they were up there. Um, Ricardo started in sixth, I believe, and he ended in first. So he wow. he he. There was no has like, no, nothing keeping him away from just passing people. It was ridiculous. Yeah, like, he did really good. Um, yeah, good for him. Good for them. And how did Hamilton do? Just because he's a uh, golden boy of Formula One, so I feel like no. he's, he's the one guy mm-hmm. I'm always wondering about. He ended up in fourth. Okay, I had a bit, of, bit of an ego check. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, bit of an ego but check. The, the 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 biggest thing that was was probably Vettel. Obviously, the win from Ricardo was outstanding, but Vettel dropping down so far, and he mm-hmm. was a little bit upset. And Verstappen got a penalty, ten second penalty for doing that. And where did Alonso place? Uh, he was behind Vettel, I think seventh. Wow. Uh, let me check that. Uh, and just to keep tabs on the whole. No, tour. he was ahead of just ahead of Vettel in seventh. Oh, okay. so Vettel ended up in eighth. Oh, I see. Yeah, Toro Rosso not even on the. Ah, so this was, I think I texted you that morning. You did, yeah. Yeah, I said, look, look, Toro was right where they belong. Where, and where were they? They were like 18th and 20th. Teens? Yeah. Well, uh, Brendan Hartley did not finish. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. Okay. What are well, you going to do? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, again, like I'd like to see them do better. Obviously, knowing that that's the only Honda engined uh, Formula One car, I believe. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, especially after their whole deal with McLaren and, and no, one, yeah. no one really wanted them. And mm-hmm. not that's not to say that they're not good engines. It's just there was a lot of drama there that yeah, no one no, wanted to be a part of. It's not something that you'd want to sign on to. Right. Um, or sign on with. No, but, they make good engines. Yeah. Shout out to Honda and all the Honda Reesties. Wow, all the Honda Reesties, eh? For anyone that doesn't get that, when we just add, yeah. well, at least I'd add <laughs> Reestie to everything. You know, Panaristi. It started. It started with Panerai. Yeah, yeah. Pan, Panerai being the source of many great things. Um, but obviously, Aston Martin um, is doing well in F one, mm-hmm. and hopefully, we can see some cool cars coming out of them. I'm sure we will. I think they've really stepped their game up to remain relevant because we yeah. know the early 2000s were not kind to Aston Martin, aside from maybe like the the looks. Yeah. Um, Especially the, in in recent years, they kind of they fall like it's not that they're bad vehicles, but they don't compete. Uh, but I mean, with with the new Vantage, which we're going to speak about today, uh, and that new DB11, oh my god! At least they're making cars that you know we can forget about the the driving dynamics right now and focus on on the aesthetics and knock it right out of the park. And DBS, yes, to be continued. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But maybe let's move on to some, uh, or I guess the one current event that we saw in the car world. Yeah, it kind of stuck out to us this week as soon as I saw it. Oof. Oh, yeah. Poof, man. Blue. Even even the color that they're showing it in. Yeah. yeah Great well, color. Well, let's let's stop uh, with all the secrecy. We're talking about the brand new M2 from BMW. And not really brand new, but it's a competition trim level that they're offering. Mm-hmm. Competition being something they've done in a lot of the recent years. Yeah. Um, actually, our friend has an M3. Uh, E92 M3 with the competition. But I pack. think this 
competition package of the standard M2 is more so than the competition package from that M3 yes. to the standard M3. Yes. I'm pretty sure all the competition pack got you on the E92 and other uh, M vehicles of that generation. So we're talking about the previous generation of M cars. Right. Um, was like an M, M mode button in the car. And you got you got the rims. You got the carbon yeah. fiber. And I think you could get the rev count on the steering wheel. I know that was an option uh, was for the that? competition package. Yeah. I don't know if it was an option for the regular car, uh, but I think I think just the GTS. Okay, no, no, no. There was M3s that came with that. I remember when when that car okay. was relevant, like new. Um, you could option that out, but yeah, you got the nice wheels. Um, probably minor increases in, in engine performance back then. Yep. Um, so yeah, this this competition package for this for the new M2 is way more thorough from right. what we can read. Um, in fact, it looks more aggressive. Something about the front end did change. I think they they've just updated it to the newer. Maybe that's look it. because the M2 yeah. is kind of uh, still held behind from the from the last. That's true. Look right. I gotta say, if you bought an M235i, man, like yeah, it's a good car, but it kind of looked a little wonky. This new M2, when I'm I'm looking at the competition package M2 right now, looks phenomenal. The front yeah. end is every good part of a BMW style. Everything about it yeah. just works. And I mean, we've we've complained in recent months about how the new BMWs seem to have that mousy front end, mm-hmm. the whiskers, and and the refer you know, to the picture of the man with the big nose and the big mustache. Mm-hmm. I think I've showed you that one before. He's some counselor. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but they 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 have not managed to ruin this car by adding that. No, feature. it's so good. Proportionately, like they there's a profile shot or a side profile of the car. It is it is almost like the E92, which I've told you before is my favorite uh, BMW M car of all time. Is the E92 M3, which is the two door M3 yep. of, of the 20, 2008 to like twenty twelve, I think. Um, but it's somewhere between that car and the one uh, M that they released in the late twenty tens. Um, because it, it sort of meets them in the middle. The M3 was a little bit long. The 1M was a little bit too short. This is right in the middle. Perfect dimensions, perfect proportions. The body lines are phenomenal. And especially the rims you get on this trim level are gorgeous. Uh, they look like competition rims from the M3. Kind of. Kind, thin, yeah, thinner not, spoke. Thinner spoke, and it seems like But it, it is that spoke. multi-spoke design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a little I, bit of black in there. I love them. Yeah. I man, I adore this car. I really do. I think it's gorgeous, and it definitely performs better. Let's talk about some of the performance updates. Yeah, something so, that surprised me. Yeah, I mean, we all know that the M2. Uh, wait, okay. Well, I guess we'll start with the M235i. When the M235i came out, it was famously said, "This is not an M car. This is simply what M." Uh, add-ons are capable of, right? So you still got a, a regular engine, a regular-ish engine with M add-ons to beef it up. Then the M2 came out and used that same engine but but beefed it up a little bit more to make it what BMW fanboys could consider a real M car. Mm-hmm. Still, though, the base engine that, that you would get, it was an inline twin-turbo 6 that you would get, I guess, uh, at, in a 235i, they would give you an M2 but beefed up. Now they're claiming that the M uh, M2 competition package will give you the engine from the M3 and M4, which is substantially more powerful. Yeah. I mean, 40 horsepower increase is mm-hmm. something that you'd have to look to the aftermarket to get on your standard M2. That's not something that you know 
that's not a small update. Right. We've seen much more. Like, look at Subaru. They Especially given the amount of power, power. this already has. Yes, yes, and it, and its size, right? The whole thing is you don't want to you don't want to kill it with horsepower because for such a short wheelbase that and rear wheel drive, that rear end will come around on you pretty easy. Uh, but increase of forty horsepower and sixty three pound feet of torque puts it right in line with the uh, M three and M four. A little bit underpowered compared to them, but uh, I'm sure power to weight is relatively the same given this is a smaller car. Uh, you can still get the manual transmission, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think this is a car that I can see being just as much fun uh, with paddles as as it is with manual. I know that sounds different than what I've said in the past, but some of this car is about being precise. And and you know, you I, I can honestly justify a car like this with a dual clutch. Uh, I think the manual is great, but I can maybe justify it with a dual clutch. For some reason. I wouldn't even consider this with dual clutch. Really? Yeah. yeah. I would only consider this we with, can never with, see with, with, the, with the manual transmission. Whereas an M3, M4, yeah. I could never see driving it as a manual. I would want it as a dual clutch. Yeah. No idea why. Maybe it's because it's a small little car and it reminds, like, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I would never consider this with a with a dual clutch. I got to say, if I was in the dealership specking this out right now, that would be my, my hardest. Forget the color, forget everything. That would be the hardest decision for me. Manual or automatic? I think that if I had another car, like a winter car, I would get this in a manual. But if I needed this as a daily driver, then I'd probably take it as an automatic. Yeah, that, and, that, and that's, that's coming from someone good. who loves man. Like I, you're not going to find a bigger advocate for manual transmissions than me. But uh, I just feel like if you're getting the competition package, you're getting the full beans. You might as well get the full beans transmission too. And it tells you it's point two faster zero to sixty. I don't want to sound like I'm just pulling the stats out of the air. Yeah. But it is going to be a little bit quicker off the line with the automatic. Not taking away anything from the manual. I think the manual will be far more rewarding and you'll really get to exercise this vehicle's performance with a manual transmission. Um, but it, it, I'm saying they've made a case at this point for their dual clutch. Right. Apart from that, uh, you are also getting uh, updated uh, rear axles and front axles from the M3 and M4. Mm-hmm. Um, carbon fiber uh, strut brace, which is synonymous yep. with M cars. You pop that on, on an M3 or M4, you're going to see that nice carbon fiber strut brace as I don't know how, how much it does. In fact, I'm pretty sure carbon fiber has some flex to it. Why that would, you would choose that as a strut brace, I don't know. Um, but BMW engineers are smarter than I am. So, uh, and also a solid rear subframe that's mounted to the chassis without the use of bushings, meaning that the car is going to drive a little bit more rigid. Okay. So yeah, other than that, uh, not too much different than the regular M2, but enough to warrant, I guess the increase in price, which they have not come out with yet. No. Um, all we know is that it will be a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Than the standard M2, yeah, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I would think it would be more of a substantial increase. I would think so too. Like, Given like kind of, kind of like the different. M3 to the, or so the M4 to the, like the M4 GTS. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe not the M4 GTS. Maybe the M4. Uh, what was it? CS. CS. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's more in line because GTS is is overkill. The GTS, but the prices that we rare. see them at are also resale prices, right? Well, resale because of the rarity of them. Right. And and ultimately, like the guy buying a GTS, that is that is not a comfortable car. No. A- anyone who's reviewed it, and you know, I, I hate that I keep turning to Doug DeMiro because everyone loves Doug DeMiro right now, but he did a really comprehensive review of the M4 GTS, and it is not a good road car. 
it is it's a great track car of course yeah but it is stiff as all hell you got to refill the trunk with water for the cooling like yeah who's gonna remember to do that it's got a roll cage in it bump your head on a roll cage if you if you're somewhat tall i'm just saying like given you can choose a regular m4 and get all the performance you would ever need right right but yeah, I would see I would see this as more of like an M3 or M4 CS. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, when we think about what competes with this, there's nothing rear yeah. drive that competes with it. No, no. I mean, I wouldn't. I think Audi would be the first. Really, you don't think so? You don't think an RS3? No. I think the RS3 would performance be character more compared to like just a standard M2. Performance wise, though, that's a let's not let's not discredit the the RS three. Like it is a fire breathing five cylinder that they have under the hood of that thing. It's mm. been fettled as thoroughly as RS can, and I think that's a proper value proposition German sports saloon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the M two is in its own way, obviously two different cars. If you're if you're cross shopping them, then you're probably more interested in the fact that you just want a a German sports a German car. sports car. Uh, the guy who wants to to feel connected and and you know go sideways is going to go with an M2. The guy who's winter driving and needs the practicality of all wheel yeah, drives is going to go with the RS3. 100%. Those are the two main features of these cars. Um, but w- my my question really is: we don't know the pricing yet. We know that the M2 starts around the same price as the RS3 does. Correct at that sixty to seventy thousand yep. price point Canadian. Now, what do you think the the M2 competition will be priced at because Audi doesn't have anything above the RS3 right. for the three. Um, Canadian and M2, I think the M2 is a little bit more expensive. Yeah? I think so. Typical BMW. Well, yeah. Um, Audi is a better, like they have often been the better value proposition. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think the, the M2 is around like high 70s. Jeez. Okay, so it's going to be closer to 80, 90 then. Which the R three is 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 cheaper, yeah. But the the Audis have always kind of been the value yeah. proposition of the three German cars. Mm-hmm. You're getting less performance, yes. Like the, well, the what would like they're awkward. The RS they're, they're in between yeah. because like now the the RS five is kind of at the same level as M three and C C T three. I think um, both in price and um like interior quality and all yeah. that um performance i don't really know i don't know either but i have to there's something in my head that's always said and and i think it's been this it's way just, for I ha- a long time i have time. a hard time sorry say what you're saying i was gonna say i think bmw's always been the performance car forget about interior forget about whatever bmw yeah. is all in, in their m3s now with the m2 well, they've got all that M4, heritage with them yeah, like it, it has always been the track choice. So what I mean by track is the when you get to the limits of performance, you you probably find you can stretch the limits a bit more with, with the BMW offering than you can with Audi and Mercedes. And why are we only including these three? Because let's be honest, they are the top dogs. Right? We could we could include Jaguar's offering and uh no, there's no offering. Well, there's no offering in this in this price point. Well, whatever. But these are the big three. So 
when uh, when we talk about Mercedes, Mercedes doesn't really have a small performance car aside from the CLA forty five, which is front wheel drive and and far no. less expensive than than these. I wouldn't even consider it. Yeah, it's not the performance is nowhere uh, close. Although it is, let's not take it away. It's a great uh, four cylinder turbocharged front wheel drive car. It's not on par yeah. with these ones. So you know you have a C sixty three that you could compare to the M three and M four. I still think that as great as a, I prefer the C63 over the M3 and M4, but as far as a track-capable vehicle, it's the BMW. And so my my mind has always been BMW, Mercedes, Audi in terms of, like, capable track performance. I quit. You quit? I'm sorry. I've offended you. Put your headphones back on, Mikey. No, and not to take anything away from Audi. I think they make gorgeous vehicles. I will say that your S5 is, I, I think, a better-looking car than that same generation uh, BMW M, or I guess it would be 335iS, right? We'll say that again? You wouldn't. You, the S5 doesn't compare directly to the M3. It's a 335iS. No. Yeah. No. It's, it's below. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're digging a little bit too far into this, I think, but I'm excited to see how this car ends up. I think that this yeah. is my favorite BMW right now. hundred percent. I would have to agree. You would concur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the M2 competition, you're beefing it up. And uh, I just want to see what, uh, when, when testers get their hands on these, what kind of times it puts down and how it compares to models that are uh, more expensive, now, like w- the M3. Well, what sets this M2 apart from like what makes I'm walking to a dealership and mm-hmm. I want an M car. Yeah. What makes me buy this over an M4? M, well, what is that? What M4 start around 100? No, you can get them priced at uh, like all said and done. Yeah, at 100 Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that they're actually they. I, th- I think they you can they even start cheaper than what they used to be. Mm-hmm. Like I think they start around 70s. I think that they're relying on the hype around this car because ever since the M, ever since even the M235i came out, people were saying that this yeah. is a better performance car. Forget than, about what BMW was going for. What what's going to attract me as a buyer to? Well, I want think, this over I an think M4. BMW is playing on that mindset. Yeah, they know that people like the M2. I mean, it's no secret the car world is is in love with with the two series sport, the sportier two yeah. series models. And you know, maybe they're just say, they're saying, "Well, fuck, people love these cars. Who cares if it's going to hurt M3 sales? Mm-hmm. We're not we're not worried about that. Let's pump out these M2s." Yeah, because the, the 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 uneducated person will still want an M3 over of course. an M2. Just oh, because, oh, it's an M3 or an M4. Yeah. It's a higher number. Exactly. But, I mean, this is a fantastic vehicle, nonetheless. Yeah. A lot of a lot of journalists say this is their favorite BMW M car and the only one that still feels like an M car. So, Have you um, been inside any of the two series? Uh, not other than in the auto show. So nothing. I've never actually driven okay. one. All right. Yeah. Um, I think we, uh, we've beaten this. Uh, oh, stop. No. <laughs> no. No. That's, that's Anthony's. Uh, no. Beautiful and elegant transition. But uh, no, I think we can move on. Something more better looking and faster. Subjective. Subjective? Well, okay, not the faster aspect. It is definitely faster. You think? Yes. 100%. I don't know. It's got a V8. Aston so, Martin Vantage. Of course Anthony, we're talking Anthony, about Anthony, this. Anthony, and it's not all about the V8s. My S5 has a V6. It's faster than all the V8s in town. I know that, Mikey. But I, the reason why I want to talk about the Aston Martin Vantage, no, it's we, not new. No, we've actually talked about it we've, when it first got released. Have, we have, but uh, I guess a lot of people are getting their new vantages because yeah, the they're starting YouTube, to take delivery. 
the YouTube sphere is full of people reviewing these cars. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, there was the thing that caught my attention was a review by CarWow. CarWow is a British uh, publication, and they do a lot of uh, reviews on YouTube. And uh, I really like um, the the guy who does their reviews. His, I, I think his name is Chris. I'm not 100% sure. Um, re but really, really good. I've been watching him for years. Very informative. Very good delivery. And the spec, the Vantage spec that he is reviewing is absolutely stunning. It's a metallic gray, like a, like a very light gray. Um, with the black trim at the bottom, black front grille, black wheels, maybe five or ten spoke, but very, yep. very sharp and very deep wheels. And I gotta say, I had I hadn't seen the Vantage in, in this trim. I'd only seen the Vantage like at the auto show with its green color scheme and stuff. I think this is one of the sharpest vehicles on the road. Yeah, bar none. Sharp, it one of looks the, like the future. Exactly. I was just going to say that. The lines, the way they incorporate that spoiler into the trunk, it looks un... It, 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 like you just said, there's no other word, the future. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's nothing futuristic about the engine uh, other than the fact that it is it is a twin-turbo V8. It's not like this is an electric car or anything, but the styling of it. I mean, 10 years ago, if you had told me this is what future cars would look like, I'd be oh, I'd be like, oh, my God, they, they figured out... Uh, they, this is this is it, right? Why buy a car now? If I wait ten years and and I can buy a car like this, absolutely stunning. Yeah, it, it's the personification of the coupe style for the for the modern era. And I, think I think we both expressed that when we when we talk, when we first mm -hmm. saw it. Yeah, um, and obviously it's got hints from AMG. Yeah, um, they've partnered or in some way with AMG. I don't know. Do you know exactly I would, what happened there? So, well, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but we know that AMG gave Aston Martin an engine. Uh, yeah, this engine. is the same engine in the AMG GT. Yes. Now, uh, and and this gentleman, uh, Chris, I believe is his name again, at uh, CarWow, he does say that Aston Martin's made a big deal about how they made the engine sound different. It doesn't sound that different. It, sound, no. it sounds good, but so does the AMG GT and GTR. Right. So it just, it sounds like it, it, to me, when I hear the car roar by, it sounds like a mean turbocharged V8, yep. but it doesn't sound like an Aston Martin in its own way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but it's okay. Again, not taking away anything from the car. They had to outsource to a company who could build a better engine, right? Aston Martin's known for their V12s that you get in the V12 Vantage mm -hmm. and, and uh, DB9, had the V12, I think. Yeah. The Vanquish, the old Vanquish had the V12. Yeah. Um, big engine, big yeah. uh, big engine Grand Touring. Mm -hmm. They're not known so much for their how like how good their V8s were, right? And obviously AMG uh, and Mercedes put together a cracker of a of a four liter twin turbo V8, so it made sense that it went into here. And yes, I just used the word cracker. Okay, I don't know. I can. I feel like that's something Jeremy Clarkson would say. A cracker. No, no, no. James May. Yeah, James yeah. May would say that. People do say that I am the James May of of uh, of my Jeremy Clarkson. My automotive more circle. so goes something like <laughs> <laughs> that was that was such a good interpretation of him. <laughs> that or uh, or his uh, the way that he enunciates things. Uh, this is the best vantage in the world. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. In the world. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, very impressive. Engine out of uh, out of Mercedes-AMG. Interior out of Mercedes-AMG. Uh, in its own way, it's finessed to look like an Definitely, Aston Martin. But the, I, I know the Aston Martins of of um, a couple years ago were terrible. 
Nah. They look like Fords wow. from 2008. This guy. Have you? Okay, hold I, on. I got Can I? Can I give you just one of my experiences? When I worked at uh, at an Acura dealer, they were right beside a uh, a Grand Touring, which for people who are not from Toronto, the GTA Grand Touring sells Aston Martin, uh, Bugatti. Uh, uh, that's Lamborghini of Ontario is, is with them as well. Whatever. Uh, actually, do they sell Bugatti? No, Bentley. Did I say Bugatti, Bugatti Bentley, oh, okay, Range Rover, Land Rover, yeah. Aston Martin. They do all luxury vehicles. So um, I, uh, come on, you got it. You got it, brother. Fisker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, it's like the least important. So um, they, they used to bring all these vehicles uh, by to get a mission test done at Acura because we had the machine. And so I did get a chance to drive a Rapide, which sounded awesome. Drive. I moved more than, than well, drove it. Moved it from one spot to another. But I was sitting there for like 10 minutes to figure out how to put the thing in gear. Because Aston Martin gives you stupid, on the older cars, give you stupid buttons yeah. on the dashboard. Park, reverse, neutral, yep. drive as buttons. No one's looking up at, at where the clock is. To okay, put but you also got into the, 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 the grandfather of an Aston Martin. Well, okay, there, I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't mind the repeat. I think it was kind it's of It's so cool, weird, like the doors and the, the, the headspace. It's and, for someone who loves the Aston Martin but needs four doors. That's it. Yeah, of course. It's the shape of an Aston Martin. The, 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 the same thing people said about Porsche with the Panamera, except they did that excellently. Okay, when the Panamera came out, it was the most disgusting thing in the world, and it stayed that way for quite a while. The new Panamera I like, but the first-gen Panamera was disgusting. Actually, we have a mutual friend that just got a, a hybrid Panamera. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Hybrid Panamera? Yeah. Why the hybrid? I've seen them, but why? I don't know. You'll be kind of... Maybe when I tell you who it is, you'll be like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so again, uh, Aston Martin, huge, in, in, um, sorry, huge improvement on the interior quality of the vehicle, a lot easier, uh, from what it looks like to navigate. And, uh, the, the gentleman in this review makes the, the statement, he doesn't really like it, but he makes a statement that there's Alcantara everywhere, dash headliner, Alcantara everywhere. Yeah. Just so you know, mm -hmm. those, the Prindle buttons are still there. They're still on the dash. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ew. Okay, well, whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, but at least the the all the the stuff that you touch, so like the infotainment yeah, it's controls, very Mercedes, straight out of Mercedes. Now, uh, say what you want. I still think that uh, BMW does those controls the best. I think Mercedes tried with their though that like swooped thing over the wheel. Yep. My mom's car has it. I think it's a little bit difficult to use at times. Yeah. Uh, because the the top of that pad that you like to rest your hand on to use the wheel is also something you draw on so i hate you that. can yeah. you, if your palm moves in a direction you end up changing the radio station and just for those of you that haven't been listening to us and i don't know why you haven't been uh, anthony's mom drives the gle yeah yeah so it's i don't know i i honestly think it's better than what aston martin had is it the best system in the world no but this car is still uh i think one of my favorite um what would you consider it a, a grand touring coupe um no it's like a like a sports coupe mm -hmm. i wouldn't consider it a supercar um, no wouldn't no, no, wouldn't really consider it a grand touring car either it's kind of small car. Sports it's, it's, car. it's a small little sports car i put this on the same level as like a z06 to totally different animals same level okay same, i'm same gonna get level. Into, i'm gonna someone, get into that someone who's into a z06 would also be into this would also be into an amg gt would also be into a 911 okay so you 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 hit the nail right on the head where yeah. i'm going so these guys are priced at around $150,000 US. Yeah. Z06 is a bargain. 
at that point. Right. Way less. Yeah. Um, a car that we're going to get into after, right, directly after this Vantage is the new ZR1. ZR1 is priced, you can price it at about, at its, at its max, if you select all, all the options and everything, $150,000 US. What? Yeah. My God. 911, this would probably compare to like a GTS mm-hmm. um, and the AMG GT. We know Canadian, the AMG GT, you can get an AMG GTS for about 140000 Canadian, yeah, yeah, Canadian. So that's which is that's another a, good value, substantially less. Yeah, um, and we know a 911 GTS would probably run you 170 Canadian. Whoa, no, 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 no. Really? That, that's pushing turbo. Like turbo is like 200, right? Mm-hmm. Um, GTS is probably closer to like 140, 130 Canadian, depending on how you spec. Of okay. course, Porsche has millions and millions yeah, of options. Infinite spec. Um, but no, they generally run you around between one hundred and twenty to one hundred forty thousand dollars. I think okay. uh, Canadian. This is one hundred fifty thousand dollars U.S. Oh, okay, right. Mm-hmm. So knowing that price, knowing that this has the same engine as the AMG GT, what would you get? Nine Eleven GTS. Let's compare it to that because that's kind of their like sporty whatever mm-hmm. version. Nine uh, Eleven GTS, AMG GTS, or the Vantage. Knowing that this is probably a good fifty thousand dollars Canadian more, I would still do the AMG GTS because I love that car more than I love all the other ones. Yeah, and I, and I I'm a huge nine eleven fanboy. Right, never driven one. Actually, I've moved a couple, Ooh. but uh, mm, it's fun. But um, but I've never actually been behind the wheel of pushing one to its limits. So, but I can say that I think the nine eleven is by far worth it the money yep is the vantage worth the money i don't know i love the way it looks i think it's a beautiful elegant machine right. and, and it's got power uh a powerhouse to back it up knowing that it's coming out of a out of, a, out of the amg been, been fin, whatever finessed by amg but knowing the price i don't think it's worth it especially when you can get the amg gt at cheaper if the amg gt didn't exist and yeah. i was putting this up against the 911 maybe because this is a totally totally different look but I think that the AMG GT is also a very futuristic-looking car, and I also think that it's a little bit more timelessly designed than the Aston Martin. See, here's my thing. With the 911 the AMG GT, because they are such value propositions, mm-hmm. which, which is still a good chunk of money, but for what you're getting, it's, it's, a, good, it's a great deal. Mm-hmm. You see them everywhere. Especially the 911s. I, I would say, yeah, I haven't seen too many AMG GTs. I've maybe seen like three or four. I saw really? one last night uh, in Kleinberg. Which I don't know. When I see them, see, I saw three I see Ferraris it. and only one AMG GT. Okay. So. If anyone doesn't know what Kleinberg is, it's a, I think the highest net worth per, per capita. Per capita. Yeah, in, in Ontario. Wow. Okay. It's a very small town with a lot of very wealthy people. Interesting. But, anyways, um, I don't know. I, I, I I'd have to see how you can spec this and how high the prices can get because I can imagine it would. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I kind of like the idea of having the Aston Martin badging behind this. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were all priced similarly, 100% this. No doubt. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you would. Yeah, if, if it was, I would if still it was be torn price, between the AMG GT The and fact this. that it is that much more expensive, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I'd have to go with probably the AMG GT, like yeah. you said. Um but I don't know. It's a little bit enticing, and it's a little bit of a bright future for Aston Martin. A hundred percent. I think they're in the right. They're going the right direction. Yeah, they've yeah. been lacking, and and now with their uh, their um, success in F one with mm-hmm. Red Bull and Tag, um, we can hopefully see some cool things. Uh, we've gotten a little bit of teaser from Aston Martin on Instagram with about a DB 
S. Yes. Which I'm super excited for. Man, I think the the DB11 is the perfect platform. I mm-hmm. cannot wait to see what they do with the DBS. Um, DB11 and- is like one hands down one of the most beautiful. Um, would you call that a sport? Uh, I'd call that a supercar at that point. The what? DB11. Yeah. 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 Um, now, the good thing about this car, mm-hmm. which we see similarly in the M2, is that um, this is offered with a manual transmission. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a wild stateside. Uh, that I don't know. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't imagine why not. Well, the Alfa Romeo Giulia was was offered only with a manual transmission, but only in like Italy and Italy. I don't even know if if like England got it. I think. Yeah, but I think I think Aston Martin. Um, Alfa Romeo is a little weird like that because they're such a smaller company and they don't yeah. have the presence that Aston Martin. Aston Martin has always been here as a expensive, luxurious yes, sports car true. company, right? Yeah. Um, Alfa is a little bit newer and they're tapping mm-hmm. into a market that's kind of unknown here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, manual transmission. Well, that that's reminiscent of their previous Vantage, which came with a was the one of the last V12s with manual transmission. You could have bought that in 2016. Uh, what was the DB9? DB9 was a V12, I believe, but that no came manual. manual. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. When did they when did they cancel the DB9 then? Uh, 2012. Well, that's why up this, until last year. We're, we're not stating facts here. This is all just off of the top of our yeah. head. But no, the DB9 did come in a manual transmission. Okay. So I know that the Vantage, the previous generation Vantage, you could still get with a manual and a V12. You can get a V12 Vantage. Uh, and that was like 2016. I remember they they even featured it in um, best driver uh, best driver's car, mm-hmm. and it it had a terrible run in the world's greatest uh, drag race that Motor Trend does every year with their best driver's car, which is yep. more for fun, right? They're they're they they bring cars from one end of the spectrum to the other end, right? They'll bring like a a nine eleven turbo, and they'll also bring um, you know a, a Subaru BRZ. It's all about driver's cars. But at the end of the, if I, for anyone who's not familiar, at the end of the year, they're testing, they do a world's greatest drag race where they drag race all the cars. And man, the, the V12 Vantage with the manual transmission came in like a pretty, pretty poor spot. Really? Yeah. It was, it was slower than I think a Camaro. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Because, yeah, like it, it just, it, well, okay, slower than a Camaro. Like the, the Camaro's no slouch. The Camaro's a, a very capable uh, pony car. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I just, think the, the, the top performing Camaro is still faster than this new Vantage. Probably, probably. Yeah. But then, again, that's not what this is going for. Exactly. Right? This is more about finesse and and, uh, and luxury. And I like the kind of guy who drives his sports car to go watch golf. What? Play golf? Play golf. Weird. I don't think you can fit golf clubs in this. Yeah, you definitely can. Yeah? 100% you can. All right. Maybe this is the guy who drives his sports car down to his yacht. And when I say yacht, I mean sailboat. Like no. he's sailing. He's wearing his swims. Maybe like a DB1. <laughs> DB1, wasn't that like their supercar? I don't know. Okay, whatever. Um, but I like to cor- correct myself. Not the DB9, DBS. Oh, DBS. Manual okay. transmission, B12. And that did end in 2012. So ah. I was right with the years and the transmission and everything. Just not the letter. I always mm-hmm. confuse them. It, it, it is very confusing. Their naming scheme. But I think they're going to change that for this generation. Hopefully they do. Yeah. Um... But I guess that brings us right into something a little bit more American. Yeah, another value proposition, it would seem. Um, uh, I don't know about that. Okay, I think I have to disagree with you there. Really? Yep. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna dig into that one then. Uh, let, let's not hold anything back here. It's the 2019 uh, Chevy ZR1 Corvette ZR1. 
Now, this thing was obviously it was released. We talked about it on the podcast maybe, uh, multiple episodes ago. It was uh, New York that they released it at. Uh, I don't remember. To be well, honest, the reason why we're talking about it today is similar. how good we are with our facts. <laughs> Who cares? The reason why we're talking about <laughs> it today, uh, same reason why we're talking about the Aston Martin. People are finally taking delivery of these. A uh, good way to tell when people take delivery of these cars is. Sorry, I'm laughing. Why? <laughs> I just thought people people come here to learn, but they just leave confused. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, Too bad. Get lost. But uh, no. Uh, with with regards to the ZR1. Yeah. Uh, Doug Demiro did a video on it. I watched and that whole thing. Yeah, man. Like, Doug Demiro's good for... he. If, if you need to learn, yeah, he's good to learn from. Yeah. Um, if you can stand his awkwardness. Um, what's that other... That he's other, goofy. Yeah, and, he, wear, and he wears shorts and flip-flops. Well, he, he has a very odd fashion sense. No, yeah. I was joking. He just stands behind the car. I think I've said this many times oh, on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, you have. Right it was so. just one comment that I saw that said, Doug Demiro's a creep because you know he's standing behind that car <laughs> wearing shorts and flip-flops. Because in every... In every image he's yeah. hunkered behind the car and all you see is his torso and up no i mean there's he always climbs in the back of cars that you're not supposed to get in the back seat of yeah he does some weird things. weird yeah, but hey you know what it it's thorough it's thorough yeah it, it's a little and, bit dry to watch but it's it's a good review if you, yeah. if you if you're looking to buy a car and looking to compare and contrast mm-hmm. he's a little bit biased at times especially with land rover oh especially um, with the type r he shot all over the type r just because he wanted more views on the video because everyone was like, "Oh, the Type R is amazing! It's it's great! It's great!" And then and then uh, Doug Demiro, is it great? No, it's it's actually not great. Here, watch my video and find out why. That's his opinion. It it was baseless. He was shaking the wing on the back and saying, "Look, the wing is you shouldn't. You're paying fifty thousand dollars for a Civic. The wing shouldn't do this. Go shake a Subaru's wing. Go shake shake any wing. It's a wing. It doesn't have to be made of uh, of unobtainium and the strongest thing uh, you know you've ever seen." It's for downforce, and actually the only functional downforce in that. You know what? I'm not. They should make wings out of the same stuff GMC makes their bedliners. Yeah, out of. remember that. <laughs> their bed. I throw, if it, as long as it passes the toolbox test. What? Drop what? A what do you call it? Five feet unobtainium. No, 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 no. The what? What GMC used in their bed? Um, the carb. Carbtastic plastic. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what that's what they should be using for wings. Carbtastic, carbtastic plastic. That's right. Um, but anyway, back to the ZR1 here. So we're talking about it today because people are taking deliveries of it, and a lot of people are excited. They're talking about a lot how, of people you know, are trying to sell them for an absurd amount of money. But that's my point. So you're seeing the resale? No, I'm not. No, no, I'm looking at Mark, I'm, 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 What is the ooh, MSRP? This thing. MSRP. What is the MSRP? Uh, I believe it starts at 127,000 US mm-hmm. and can be optioned. Uh, no, 121,000 US. Yeah. And it can be optioned all the way up to about 155,000. Do you know US. how capable this car is? I don't care. It is the most capable. Okay, well, whatever. That's US dollars, Anthony. $150,000 US is mm-hmm. $200,000 Canadian. There is nothing. What, what is the last gen dollars Last the last gen, gen ZR1 was expensive, probably 110. I think it started at, and an option to like 120. Okay, Canadian. It, it's also Canadian, it also Canadian. was far less capable than this vehicle. Man, far less. I, and, that's and I love eighty thousand dollars less. That's a whole other car. I'm telling you right now, get, Mikey. Uh, the Z06. Before you listen to this, on. buy a Z06 and get an M2. The Z06, same price. Was as cap uh, was more capable. This current gen Z06 is more capable than the previous gen ZR1. To, I would expect that. So. Yeah. Pricing would follow suit because there the previous gen ZR1 was the first supercharged uh, ZR1 yeah. from from what I know uh, was uh, first supercharged Corvette from factory for, that I know. Okay, 
that was a step in the right direction. But with this current gen, they did so much fettling to the suspension, the brakes, everything, the interior quality, the engine. This this uh, LS motor, push rod still, right, with this massive supercharger on it, especially in the ZR1. A couple a couple of quirks that, that Doug DeMuro reviewed. That that big hood, that's actually the engine you're seeing on the top. I'm aware. I'm aware. It's coming right through. It's that's, that's the reason why this car is not available in Europe. Yes, exactly, because it would kill someone if it would kill a pedestrian if it hit them. Um, but this car is insanely capable. I, Everyone is saying okay. that, and so that's why the pricing sort of follows suit because there's nothing at that price point that can compete with this. This is going to take on like Ferraris, uh, the, it, the it, 488. It, it, the, the logic that you're using there is the same logic with, with the Trackhawk. Mm-hmm. Insanely exactly. capable, and that's why you're paying a huge premium. I'd rather spend two hundred thousand dollars elsewhere. I understand. Like you on would a, rather, a, on an you would rather, but advantage. some people would. Like think about think about the sticks in the U.S. We've driven through some of these places. These people do not care to own a European vehicle. They want they want all they want is to to show how big their their ding dongs are, and they go to the Wendy's parking lot on a Wednesday night, and this is what they need. Wendy's They're gonna one guy's gonna show up in a trackhawk, the other guy's gonna show up in a Raptor, and the other guy or a, uh, a GT five hundred, and the other the other guy's gonna show up in a ZR one. That's it. That's what these things are about is insane power. And this thing is insane. Another thing I wanted to bring to the attention. I remember uh, when this car first came out, I said, what did they do to the front end? The front end on the Z06 was so impressive. And now it looks like crap. So if you're looking at pictures of the new ZR1, you will see that the front end looks more soft, feminine, mousy. They did that because the previous uh, Z06, the Z06 that everyone ranted and raved about was so good had really bad uh, overheating and heat sink issues on the track. In, in fact, Motor Trend, during their best driver's car test, they had a problem. They, they couldn't get the Chevy to run mm-hmm. at full tilt because it was overheating. GM, to fix that, had to uh, move around some heat exchangers and I think added some, some cooling uh, stuff to help the car deal with, with overheating. And that's why the front end is different. It's, it, they had to change the, the look of the front end uh, to, to make the car cool itself better so you can see that you'll probably see that front end on every new uh high performance or or force induction uh corvette but um yeah man i mean as far as the the zr1 this is what chevy needs right like the the corvette think about it what other american car is there that competes and the 4gt doesn't count because the 4gt is uh it's a hyper car in you know the upper echelons like you need you need to be chosen by ford to own it right this is something you can go and option own a dealership and there is nothing absolutely nothing on the domestic level that will compete with this i don't even think the shelby gt500 i know we're hyping it up does not compare with this uh neither does the demon the demon is a is a niche specific thing there, this this is is in, is in its own territory, and yes, it may command a high price point, but it's still ridiculously inexpensive for what you're getting, in my opinion, because there's nothing that's in that ballpark. Um, w- w- one thing, just to agree with you there, mm-hmm. um, one thing, of course, this is all just us speculating. We, we've only read information. We've only heard what other people are yeah. saying. We've never driven this car. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing, Doug DeMiro, going back to uh, his, his video there, he compared this to the likes of a P1 and a 918. Yeah. In terms of performance, now he said it it does it does it, it it's not as good as them. It's it's not as quick as them. Of course. Um, it's hard to be. You're paying millions of dollars for those cars. Mm-hmm. But even for it to be in the same conversation as those, it's something impressive. Exactly. I mean, 
I, I'm looking at it now. It's uh, I do not think this is a pretty car by any means. We've gone through oh, that. Oh yeah, I, I think so. It is hideous. Take away, you know what? I think if you take away that massive spoiler, you yeah. can option it out. You can option it without it. If you don't get the track pack, it yeah. doesn't come with it. Um, but I assume that also deletes a lot of the carbon fiber, which I do like in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would remove that spoiler and just put like a nice, a little bit of a larger deck lid spoiler. Yeah, and I think it would look good. Um, I think, yeah, the spoiler off of the Z06, which might actually still be on this. I just can't tell because the bodywork is so crazy. There's two but, spoilers on this. Okay, so the, the yeah. So it's a small little, small little deck lid and then this yeah. massive wing. But I also don't like all the crap on the front that's being used for downforce. Like, you know. Yeah, those, the, 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 um, what are the end caps there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it looks, it strange. looks gross. Uh, but again, if you're, if you're into that, this is the type of thing that, you're you're the guy on the block, you know, or the, you're the guy in the suburb who has a ZR1, and every, when you open your garage, everyone can see your ZR1, and right. everyone knows that it. How what's the horsepower on this thing again? Is seven seventy seven fifty five? Yeah, it's insane. That's insane. Like one thing, uh, when when this was when I started seeing these come up on YouTube and whatnot, one mm-hmm. thing that this did was make me miss the Viper ACR. Yeah, that would have been really the only other thing right. that could compare, um, and I think they. Viper did it better. Dodge did it better. I agree. I um, think Dodge did the styling better. Um, we know that the Viper, what was the what was the the fastest one? Was it the ACR still? Yeah. We know that that was a track animal. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget when Johnny Lieberman came out and said, "Well, you know, it was slower than we expected." And then uh, your buddy there, Ralph Gilles, came out and said, "It's only slow because you guys don't know how to drive it." Right. Boom! Shots fired. And then Motor Trend took that uh, as like a as a thing. Okay, well, here, give us more time with it. They did, and ended up holding the production uh, car record at Laguna Seca. Right. So insanely capable. Um, but unfortunately, Dodge couldn't justify putting it out right anymore. Yep. Such a niche vehicle. This is uh, the, the the I keep wanting to say Camaro. The uh, Corvette has much more of a cult following because yeah. you can get into a Corvette at the. Sixty to seventy thousand dollar range, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have aspirations of owning a ZR1, you can still get a Corvette, um, and, and it'll do a fantastic job as a pace car course. for Indy five hundred. There you go. Um, <laughs> Which it is. It's it's this it year's is, pace yeah. car. You know, F one, yeah, AMG GTR right there yeah. as their pace car. Well, I think it's a much nicer pace car or safety car. But yeah, I'm just impressed, and uh, I'm happy to see that people are liking the ZR1. I wish it looked. As sleek as the first gen, yep. or not first gen. There's been multiple ZR ones, but the previous gen, the the C6 ZR one, uh, I think that was so so nice. Such I, a I pretty agree. looking car, 100%. and especially knowing how capable it was. Even though it had that weird plastic window in the hood that yeah. a lot of people shit on, you can barely see it. Yeah, you never see it. Um, okay, compared to this thing, uh, they got rid of the plastic uh, cover on the hood and put yeah. a blower sticking through. Yeah, well, that, that's the supercharger sticking through the yeah. top. Sorry, and, um, yeah. The reason why it's not this car's not available in Europe is because it has the huge hole in the wood, and not not because if you hood. Huh? said the wood hole in the wood. Oh, it's in okay. the hood. Just me um, and all of our viewers picked up on that. Anyway, right. go on. Um, now I lost my train of thought. Uh, oh, not if, if you hit someone, it's yeah. not like they're gonna fly on it and get burned. It, it's more so because the fact that there's a hole there, mm-hmm. there's no cushioning underneath yeah. underneath the um, the hood. And in Europe, apparently, it's law to have cushioning there so that if you do hit someone, they're not hitting 
an engine. They're exactly. hitting a little bit of cushion. Yeah, they'll dent the car before they smack into an engine. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and whatever. How would the Corvette ZR1 sell in Europe? I doubt it would. I mean, it's brash. It's very American. I don't yeah. think it would sell that well. In Not Europe. a lot of people have the Corvettes. Um, there's a guy on YouTube, Archie Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He had a ZO, uh, a standard Corvette. Okay, but the yeah. new ones. Standard, he got rid of it. Yeah, he got rid of it quickly. Yeah. Um, but no, in, uh, huge upgrade in the interior. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots Very of carbon well fiber, which is cool. A lot of mm-hmm. racing features. So obviously you can track your laps and everything. Um, there's a um, shift light in the in the gauges. Yeah. There's also a camera up on the roof. Did oh. you hear about this? To record like track yeah. And stuff. Yeah. So it, it, when you when you set the the, the track settings, it automatically. Hits record and it mm-hmm. records your track. Chevy's been really good with that. You can get that in the Camaro as well. And also, if you there's a there's a setting where you can set it for valet mode as well. So when you automatically put the car in valet mode, camera turns on and it acts as a security camera. That's good. It's a pretty cool feature. The last thing I want to talk about on this car, though, did you hear Doug Demiro's uh, exhaust clips? Yes. Sounds like the end of the world. Sounds really good. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. It's, it's, this is this is like you know when everyone says you know muscle cars is what they got to sound like. That to me is, you know, that's that makes all the right noises. Mm-hmm. It's a supercharged uh, push uh, push rod V8, and it sounds like it, right? They haven't done anything to make it quieter or make it inauthentic. It just sounds angry and like it's about to put a bunch of power down that yeah. it doesn't have the traction for. So, I'm uh, I'm very pleased with those aspects of it. Just pleased with the ZR1 in general. How about um, the convertible? I think it looks atrocious. I don't know why they would offer that car. Nope. Convertible, but whatever. People, um, Americans want everything. But so give them nice everything. thing about Corvettes, I know for a fact a golf bag will fit in the trunk. There you go. Soft close feature on the trunk too. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Anyway, because you, you gotta reach over the wing, and they didn't. I guess they didn't want you. Yeah, get rid of the wing. If, if anyone yeah. out there is ordering one of these puppies. Spec it without the wing. Yeah, and then hang the wing in, uh, or don't even hang it. Put it on, put it on your floor. Use it no, as a bench. No, just leave it at the factory. Save your five thousand dollars. Well, use it as a bench. Put it in your mudroom, right? But I think uh, that's it for cars, really. Hey, for today, nothing really else uh, that we saw. Oh, shout out to um, to Porsche uh, with the GT3 RS. They set a record at the Nurburgring. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, for uh, fastest uh, production? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I think it's like road going car wow okay good for them um which we saw coming i mean they're they're gt and i think it's, i think it was like 6.4 seconds faster than the previous generation gt3 rs do you know what it beat to get that uh, record mm, probably a hypercar uh porsche 911 gt3 rs you'd probably have to type in track record that's what i did okay uh sub seven minute lap faster than 918 spider wow okay not not bad uh if you want to watch it it's under seven minutes it's not that long i'm okay um does it say here sorry should have probably looked at this before but you know i didn't see it coming. now that was obviously a nine speed uh what do they call it p pdk pdk yeah yeah, not the. Uh, you, you, we went we went over this on the podcast. It's uh, one of my favorite words. Oh god, uh, the Porsche Doppelkupplung. What do I, I started? Porsche Doppelkupplung. Okay. Doppelkupplung. But, uh, but yeah, okay. Congratulations. Uh, beating the Performante. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, because that was a huge uh, upset when that came through faster than an SV. Uh, so I mean, maybe oh wait, that, that's indicative of the time. No, 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 no. I lied. It wasn't the fastest. No. It's Just not faster. faster than the the, the Hurricane. The GT two is faster. Oh, okay. GT2 is a little bit the, less attainable, I would say. 
the GT2 got 647.03. Mm-hmm. And the GT3 RS got 656.4. And what do GT2s go for? <laughs> like over two. Yeah, if you can get one. The uh, the, the, we, we, we've, we've discussed the whole thing with Porsche and people reselling them and whatnot. Yeah. And the ones you're going to be buying are probably half a million. Okay, no, not worth it. I'd rather take a Performante at that point. Um, I wouldn't take a GT3 RS either. I wouldn't take any of the RSs, to be honest. Yeah. I'd, I'd go for a GT3. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I could see right. that. But anyways, that's not the topic of this conversation mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah i think we're oh that are one hennessy already released their performance packages and what and what does the it, hpe uh, 1200 1200 horsepower hmm. interesting interesting ridiculous zero to 60 in 2.2 seconds quarter mile 9.2 top speed 230 miles per hour Woo! wait what was the zero to 60 did they say 2.2 oh my god mm-hmm. from root from a real drive car how does it put the power down it's crazy uh, Good ask, job, ask, ask Mr. John. Hennessy pushing the limits past where we can even think to set them. Good for you, John. Yeah. You're a modern day Carol Shelby. E- yeah, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. You're right. E- take that back. That's in bad taste. No, um, it's very impressive what, what Hennessy's doing. Shall yeah. we move on to watches, Mikey? I think we should. Shall I sir. take a pee break? Again? Yeah. Have hey, a guys, lot of coffee if, this if you guys didn't notice, I have some awesome editing skills, and we've stopped now 32 times today. 32 times, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. For 32 individuals. Just for periods. Anthony. Yeah. Okay. I'll be right back. We'll be right back. And we're back. Back from a pee break. Half a second later. 33rd <laughs> wow. time. Look at that. That, that editing finesse. Uh, you're dripping in finesse, Mikey. I, I, I can say that confidently. You are dripping in finesse. Mikey Mars over here. Um, but, uh, let's move into watches. Let's do a little wristwatch check. What you're wearing on your wrist today, Michael. The same thing I wear every time, Anthony. It is the Carrera Hoyer, Caliber Hoyer 01. I've heard you say Caliber Hoyer 01 so many times now. Like I I get like a gag reflex. I get a gag reflex every time you say it. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's a nice watch. Wear it. Wear the hell out of it. Don't give me that look. Do not give me that look. Well, nah, it's my daily driver. I wear it almost every day. Yeah, which is good because it, 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 you know, it's a, it's a watch that I think you should daily. It's, it's very comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. It's robust. I need the black strap for it. Then that's your next thing. I think though, the, in the spring and summer, I think the blue strap really does work well with it. Because what would the, you can't really dress that watch up. So getting the black strap, right, could you dress it up with a black strap, black rubber? I don't know. I have some people around me that claim you could. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it sits pretty tall on the wrist, and it, and it is a loud watch. Some people are perfectly fine dressing up loud watches. Like they, some people actually. Prefer I've definitely that. seen people wearing these, like tag horror reps, <laughs> wearing them with suits. Oh yeah, yeah, I know for sure. But I would. I think. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have the option to wear something else, so I would. Exactly, the Panerai works a lot better in in that case. Um, on my wrist today, I'm wearing the Ming with, uh, I guess, a new strap for this weekend. The uh, distressed calfskin. Elephant gray. So Ming literally during this podcast, Ming posted a picture with the 1701. No, the um, 1703. 19. 19. With, on that strap. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, man. The 19 still eludes me. I fucking, I love that watch, but I just can't, I cannot justify the, no, the it's cost. Very for it. expensive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I've been, I've, this has been my weekend warrior watch, really. Basically, I've been doing everything with it. I went to Yorkdale, went to dinner last night uh, with uh, with this watch on. Actually, no, can't say that. I went to dinner with the with the Tiso, but I wore this uh, all day yesterday, and I have to say I, w- I did wear it to church, and I was focused far more on the Ming than I was uh, on the on the sermon because it's uh, you know what it is, and this kind of ties into the Nomos I was telling you about. I I love the club. 
Um, I think if I, I have realized that if I was going to get a Nomos, I'd probably go for a higher one than the club campus, probably like a club limited edition or something. I just wish that they offer the California dial on the higher trims. Did we discuss how you, um, how I stole the California dial from came you? around to love the California? Dial. Well, because I just didn't understand it at first to me. Yeah, it was no, a, it was I, I, I think it's thing. more of the fact that it's, it's a safety concern if you don't wear one. Because if you're walking, let's Shut say, in Yorkdale and you get captured, they won't Shut know up. That is where you're from. That is the dumbest story. <laughs> dumbest Paneristi story I've ever heard. Who told you that story again? I don't know. Someone, someone, someone from the Paneristi cult. Someone at Panerai was like, oh, well, there's actually a, a historical relevance to the No, to I, the I, read, I, read, I read that. On it's that. named California because they were captured near the coast of uh, no. Wow. I, I actually don't know why it's called California Dial. Neither do I. Maybe it's just a popular uh, thing, but I I honestly have come around to to like it. I think that it's cool. It can it can definitely make a watch an interesting piece. It's something that you, it'll always draw your attention to when you look at the face, uh, and something that reminds you your watch is a little bit different. So I understand for Paneristis why that would be uh, appealing, and and it really does make the Nomos an appealing option to me. But the other reason why I liked the Nomos, or I still do like the Nomos Club above all other Nomoses out there. Because when the Nomos, Nomos, because uh, when I first saw Nomos, Nomos, I wasn't a huge fan. I thought it was a weird take we on minimalist about this design. Last week, yeah. But the rounded, polished bezel on the club, which I you think don't, is you gorgeous. don't, you don't get that um, the feeling of that through pictures, really. You don't, yeah. yeah. You'd have to see it in video, and, and it really does come across. But the Ming has that down to a T, rounded, polished bezel. Yeah, I don't so, see it. You don't see it? No. Yeah, I hate you. You're doing that out of spite. Uh, no, I mean when I when I look at it now on my wrist, that's one of the one of the features I just always draw to. And you, it's cool because you can see it's the same type of titanium that the rest of the case uses. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can see the difference between high polish and the regular brushed on the rest of the case. So, you know, because I I fell in love with that on the on the club, but obviously I'm not in a position to buy another watch right now. It's something that. I love putting the Ming on now because it's one of the first things I see, and especially if the strap complements it. If the strap's right. not too loud, you can notice it. I like initially. Um, so, uh, of course, constantly falling in and out of love with with watches I have, uh, where they mean more to me one day than they did, than they did the other, and going through that right now with the Ming, I love it. Uh, it's been a staple of this weekend, and well, I'll talk a little bit more about what I plan for the Ming in the in the future, um, but. I did want to talk to you about something that I experienced recently with my watches. What's that? Two things, really. Well, my watch winder broke. Really? Well, I have to, I have a watch winder that has three, three compartments for watches, and then two winding things on top. One of the winding things broke. Hmm. So because I've been wrenching on the Vespa and fixing electrical stuff for the last two weeks, I took it upon myself to figure out what's wrong with the motor, and I found out it's a bad uh, connection. I just got to get a new connector, and then I'm going to sell the watch winder. Can I have it? I will sell it to you. For free? For free. Okay. Probably not. Uh, I, I still haven't. I, I'm saying I'm going to sell it, but I, it was a gift uh, from, from my father to me, so I'd probably give it to him before I sold it to say, like, here, if you want to use it. His watch winder, because he has many large face watches, when they sit on the winder, they end up hitting the <laughs> the plastic, uh, yeah. the the cover. So now there's like a a circular ring that is that his sapphire crystal has has engraved oh into the watch winder. You can just tell like the difference between my father and me when it comes to watches. His yeah. wallet, like, he he doesn't really 
I, he's just different. Uh, he actually this past week said, "Anth, I want to buy a nice watch." And then I'm like, "Okay, that's perfect. Let's talk." And then he said, "Okay, uh, pull up Amazon." I'm like, "What? Mm. You're gonna go to Amazon?" He's like, "Yeah, they have everything on Amazon." I'm like, yeah, but you have to do other research. You don't just find something that you think looks good. Uh, and and he again, he was looking at like at like more Tissots, like ar- yeah, around whatever, the thousand dollar mark. Yes, buy what you like, Mike. He's a Tissot I don't think those exist. I don't think they should exist. So anyway, um, but apart from the watch winder breaking, something else broke. Now, you know. It's a bad week. Bad week for things breaking on me. Uh, that's why I'm so excited to get on the Vespa. Hopefully it works. Um, but <laughs> You're going to ride out of the garage. Fall wheels apart. fall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, we got those straps from Strap Mill Canada, which I still owe you money for. Um, and I haven't used. You haven't used the strap yet? No, I'm not fond. Really? No. If you want to give me the green NATO, I'll take it. I'll, I'll buy it off you and also pay you for the strap. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> buy it off me. What do you mean? You sold me for the, your strap. That's right. I, I will pay you for both. Because um, I think that green NATO might look yeah, good. Yeah, take it. I, I won't wear it. Because sure. if it had the black PVC. Um, yeah. Uh, it would look fantastic. Uh, what are they yours. called? Uh, buckles. Buckles? Yeah. I, w- I would wear it. But, mm-hmm. um, but uh, anyway. So what are you going to put it on? The Seiko. 22 right? all right 22, yeah, 22. Uh, diameter yeah, yeah, so yeah same as the skx all right you can have it um well i'll pay you for it uh and anyway when when i got that uh that leather strap from strap mill the spring bars it came with weren't the correct size uh the diameter i mean like not the length the, di- the diameter for the which SKX isn't holes. really their fault they don't know what no of putting course it on. of course um so i ended up finding a, a different set of spring bars to to put it on Unfortunately, uh, because of uh, maybe a defect in, in the strap, which, again, a minor defect, it, it seemed to have tugged on the spring bar, and it opened up the spring bar while I had my watch on, uh, and it was about nipple height from the ground. All right. So good. I, I know I'm not the tallest bloke out there, but it was a good, like, four feet from the ground when it fell, and the Seiko fell face down. Now, the it's not a sapphire crystal, which doesn't really matter. It's a Prospects, Seiko's uh, in-house, like, mm-hmm. mineral crystal. It, it's not as good as sapphire crystal, but it, it, whatever. It's okay. That wasn't scratched. The bezel was fine, but it landed face down, and I think the initial shock might have screwed up my timing. Every night, I'd bring the watch home. Next morning, uh, you know, on the winder, off the winder, didn't matter. It would jump ahead seven minutes. I, don't, I didn't know why. So I thought, okay, it must have been the shock from it falling four feet on its face. Um, so I thought, well, this is fine. I have a warranty card. It's within its one-year uh, international warranty. Mm-hmm. Let me bring it to Seiko Canada. First thing, you call Seiko Canada, and you find out that they actually uh, go by the name Odyssey Time. They have one location. And it, it was, so you can't just bring it to a regular AD. Yeah, You can only go back to an AD, like a local AD, if you bought it from them. So I called my local AD and he said, oh, you didn't buy the watch from me. So you're going to have to bring it there yourself or mail it to them. Didn't want to mail the watch because I don't like mailing things. So one day on my lunch hour, I drove to North York, uh, which is about 20 minute or no, I would say probably a 30 minute drive from my work. I uh, showed up, brought my warranty card and the watch and said, look, please uh, figure out what's going on with this jumping seven minutes ahead. And also my chapter ring was a little misaligned, common problem yeah. for the SKX. So I said, you know, if it's under warranty, you can fix that too. And then he said, okay, uh, where'd you buy it from? I said, I can't remember the name of the website, but uh, here's the warranty card, right? It's stamped. And he said, yeah, but was it an authorized dealer? And I said, honestly, I can't remember. It was a, it was a watch website. 
Uh, I don't even remember the name of it. It wasn't Joma's shop. It could have been, but I don't think it no, was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it was something else. Uh, and, and I thought I read that they were in a, a Seiko AD. But uh, he said, check out your invoice and let, and let me know. Email me a copy of the invoice. If it's not an authorized dealer, then there's no warranty. So I said, okay. Um, so I go home. Could not find the invoice anywhere. If the invoice is in an email, I deleted it. Yeah. All I had was the packing slip. And on the packing slip, they claimed that it was a, well, it was a watch. So they claimed it as a Japanese t- measurement tool. And it was for, worth $45, right? Because I guess they didn't want to pay any duties or didn't want me to pay duties. Okay. That's okay. But I'm, and then I, I scanned this, this packing slip or anything for information. It, it's, a, it's an address in Singapore and a person's name. My point is this. There are fantastic deals out there. I got my SKX for, I think, like $175 Canadian, mm-hmm. right? And that's a watch with an MSRP of of over, I think, close to 300 Canadian or, or more, more. So there's fantastic deals out there for uh, iconic Seikos and uh, and Casios and stuff like that. You know, the the, the, the entry-level stuff that, that is mass-produced and easy to come by, there are fantastic deals online. However... You have to make sure you're buying from an AD. If they're not a Seiko AD, they'll tell you you have a, a warranty, but the warranty is probably through their website, yeah. not through Seiko itself. So I'm shit out of luck because I have no, uh, this was over, or no, just about a year ago that I bought that watch. I have no history. Not even. Yeah, yeah, not even. But it I don't was, remember um, what website I bought it from because it was, you know, I was just looking for the best price. Yep. So I'm kind of at a loss now. I'm probably going to have to pay to have the watch repaired, which I don't really care that much about since i wear it every single day mm-hmm. and i beat the hell out of it like this watch knocks into everything yeah um so that's fine like i'm not really so upset about it especially because i i saved a considerable uh, considerable amount of money where i got it from but uh you know it, it's kind of unfortunate i i should have known that so i'd like to tell all you guys out there who are who are listening right now if you are finding these great deals on, you know, these, these maybe entry level timepieces, like anything in the Seiko umbrella, Casio, um, any, any brand for that matter. Yeah. Any brand, make sure you're buying from a website that either has their, their own, like a reputable website that has their own warranty or is an authorized dealer of that brand or else your warranty card is void. Right. So that's a lesson that I learned, I guess the hard way. I, I emailed them the stuff I had. They still have to get back to me. Um, so yeah. we'll see what happens there. But uh, in less depressing news, um, I was also directed to a very interesting website that I showed you and another friend of ours mm-hmm. uh, earlier this week. It's called Watch Recon. Uh, a friend of the of the show, Nino Saturno, uh, and, his, uh, and his buddy Kyle um, showed it to me. And it's fantastic. Watch Recon is a website that brings together all of the postings from multiple blogs and websites mm-hmm. for pre-owned watches. When I say pre-owned, some of them are unworn. So these are just pieces people have bought and they're, they're resale yeah. watches. Yep. The thing that impresses me is that there's, there's so much, there's so much on this website. In fact, you know, like we know the Ming is a very niche watch. It, was, mm-hmm. it got a lot of coverage when it came out, but you know, it's, they're a small micro brand. You can type Ming in. In fact, I'm going to do that right now. You type Ming into yep. watch recon. There's two of them. There are two there. Uh, one is listed for 1420, uh, or, or sorry, 1,420, huh, 420, um, dollars for, uh, is that that's US. pounds, US, dollar, that's gotta be, Canadian dollars. It, well, the dollar sign 
I mean, I'm assuming it's U.S. Okay. Um, only because they're, they're, I've seen pound signs Just or this, euros. This watch is from the U.K. Okay. Um, no, but it must it must be dollars. Uh, right. What they're saying because I've seen the pound or or uh, the euro beside the the price tag if if stated otherwise. Um, and another one here for a, a one thousand one hundred and fifty that's sold. Do- that's dollars. Now I paid nine hundred and twenty U.S. dollars for my Ming at the time. Uh, and I, if I were to sell it for whatever reason, I don't really plan to, I, I love the watch, but I did t- tinker with the idea of it, seeing that I can get, you know, probably, uh, a, what, what would that be? Not double what I paid, mm-hmm. but it close to it, uh, for the Ming. So it's just interesting. Of course it, it was limited production and that's why, but, uh, but yeah, just, um, really, really like the website. I think that one of the. One of the most difficult things when you're looking at luxury watches, like I, I would have no problem buying a pre-owned luxury watch right. from a, an like not an, an an AD or someone who I who is really taking care of the watch. Mm-hmm. That's one reason why I like Federico's website, Delray Watch Supply, so much. Is that I know I trust Federico, yeah. And so I trust what he's selling. Um, granted, you know that trust can only go so far. But I think that his prices look pretty fair as well, um, and it's that personal connection. So with with Watch Recon, it's just nice to to see stuff that you're that you've been looking at, you know, online, and you can only find new, like the Nomos, right? I found a Club Campus knocked the the exact same one I wanted. A guy listed it for twelve hundred US, which is cheaper than uh, and, and it was unworn, mm-hmm. which is cheaper than than it is. It's like nineteen hundred Canadian. Um, normally that would only be like fifteen hundred Canadian, right? course not really in the not really uh, at the point where i where i feel comfortable buying another watch right now but i think that if i was looking for that piece i definitely would have would have picked that up immediately mm-hmm. you know for, for that money uh i can't really argue an unworn nomos shipping to me from california uh clearly something someone bought and had, needs to sell for whatever reason so yeah, just uh, really impressed by this site. Definitely check it out. Watch Recon. I mean, not to maybe not to buy right away, but you can just see what the prices are yeah, for, exactly. for different watches and see what's out there. There's so much there that you could just spend days and days and exactly. days. Exactly. Find out new stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, otherwise, Mikey, I don't know. I I did have one other thing I did want to speak about watch wise. Not really any watch news, but um, and this is Ming related. So we we we've spoken before about Ming's strap packs. Um, yep. Ming, definitely a great value proposition brand. They offer a lot of bang for, for your buck in their, in their models mm-hmm. and in their strap packs. I purchased the textured strap pack already two new buck straps and this elephant, uh, elephant skin colored, uh, dis- distressed leather, but they have another strap strap pack called RGB, which is stands for red, green, blue. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a textured leather, uh, red, green, blue. And I think that it's, they're, they're really nice and it couldn't justify buying it at the time, but Considering we're going into the spring, and I'd love to see the Tissot more than actually the Ming, I'd love to see the Tissot on these colored straps because it's such a minimalist you yep. know, face that it it, it can it works well with the different colors. I think I might be buying that. I told you to buy it when yeah. it came out. Yeah, I know, but Let's go for it. I didn't want to pull the trigger. I think I'm gonna wait a little bit longer until I have the CB550 
Done. No, here we. This guy's always gonna have the perfect scenario. What do you mean perfect scenario? I still gotta pay oh, you, pay you, off the rest you, of the the repairs on that bike. You can't the, wear this strap on that watch when it's cloudy outside because you might rain, and then I don't know. Yes, that's I the might, way my mind works. I might mind. have to walk on the sidewalk, and if I'm not walking <laughs> on the grass, it might not be the right opportunity to be wearing this strap at that time. You you know what? You love the way my mind works. Don't even give me that shit. But uh, no, I don't. But yeah, I I will. <laughs> no. No, um, I will definitely be picking up this uh, strap pack because it you is. You know, I've pack. always said, why? Why do you just need to wear a paddock for fancy occasions? Why can't you pick up your dog poop with a paddock? I, I that is something you actually said. No, John Mayer said it. Well, you were quoting John Mayer. You yeah. agreed with him. Um, but yeah, as far as value proposition, definitely check out uh, Ming strap packs. They're, I mean, you go on. Yeah, you go on uh, Hodinky. And you know, Hodinky sells, I'm sure, fantastic quality straps, probably better quality than than mm-hmm. what, what than what these are. Yeah. Um, but they're selling them for like a hundred and seventy, sometimes like three hundred dollars. Right. Piece. You you got you got to sometimes realize the watch that you're also putting these straps on. You're yeah. not gonna go and buy a nine hundred dollar watch and put mm-hmm. a five hundred dollar strap on it. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Um, getting three straps for mid two hundreds. Yeah. Now that's well, actually that, two hundred and nine Canadian. Yeah. And and you know that the, the quality is there. They're good. They're going to last long. And, and Ming, obviously, is a reputable brand. Why would you not? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in your case where you have watches, multiple watches where these straps would work on. Yeah. Um, like for me, we're talking about getting the black strap for this Caliber Hoyer 1, when I when I went in there to get, to ask how much the strap would be, the, the buckle would be $300 and the strap <laughs> would be like 250 And I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> but but it just goes time. so like... Okay, it is. It is. What? What? Oh, yeah. It's a. It's, it's a tag strap, and that that strap is comes with the quality of the watch. Right. right. It matches the. But the like, it, it it it's too much money sometimes. Same mm-hmm. with Panerai. Mm-hmm. The the buckle it was something crazy. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know how they justified. It. I think it was like six hundred dollars for the buckle. Huge markup. Um, but, uh, no, this is definitely a purchase that'll be, but again, if, if, if you're wearing a $40,000 GMT master in white gold and you want a thousand dollar strap for it, put it on. Well, yeah, I can justify, I could justify it then. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, another website, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, Theo and Harris. Some of their straps are like, yeah, 200 bucks. Yeah. Um, they are partnered with the Jean Rousseau. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, um, so they're quality just, uh, straps. Yeah. Um, but again, Theron Harris is kind of known to be a little bit on the pricey side, especially yeah. with their resale watches. Cause they do sell vintage watches, mm-hmm. a lot of cool pieces, mostly Rolex. Um, but definitely expensive. And you, the one thing I do like about Hodinkee that I think is funny with you. So Theon Harris prices similar to Hodinkee, mm-hmm. but Hodinkee sells out on almost everything. So you go to Hodinkee, I found a strap for 160 bucks that I really, really liked. But in my size, 22 for the Hamilton, sold out. Right. Right. Uh, Theo and Harris, you're not going to find any sold out issues because obviously they don't have the co- the, the coverage. Yeah, that exactly. Um, but uh, no, I mean, as far as bargain hunting goes, you get three straps. Look, I am I am more than satisfied with the, with the texture straps I got from Ming. They came in a like within a week all the way from Kuala Lumpur. Uh, am I saying that? Kuala Lumpur? Anyway, from the other side of the world, they came within a week, uh, and they they look fantastic. They work well on my Ming. They work well on no my complaints. Tissot. No complaints. I'm actually looking maybe to put the tag, take it off its bracelet, and uh, put the tag on one of those straps. See how Which? it works. My Aqua Racer. 
Right, you used to daily that. You haven't. Worn I it used in a long it. Time. No, I I wore it you yesterday. Got it polished up. Yeah, I actually wore it yesterday when I was wrenching on the Vespa because I wanted. I I don't have my SKX, so I wanted to. Isn't wear Anthony something. such a manly man? Yeah, wrenching know. on a Vespa. I put on my I put on my Ralph Lauren polo and oh, uh, and my my tag Aqua Racer and started wrenching on my your Ray Ban Wayfarers <laughs> and your scarf. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but it, it worked well and and it works well on the on you know, on a bike because it's very visible uh, for what it is. Obviously the SKX is more visible, but I don't have it right now because I'm paying to have it repaired within a year of warranty. Bastard. We're getting it repaired at that place. Seiko Canada. So there, and and for all, any of our viewers who are wondering about uh, going through Seiko's warranty, it's a place called Odyssey time um, in North York. I was confused. I didn't know if Seiko was contracting them to do the work, but when you walk into Odyssey time, there's Seiko banners everywhere. Yeah. Um, it, it's sort of like a corporate headquarters. I think it is actually Seiko's corporate headquarters. The fact that it's not called Seiko Canada is I think more the fact that Seiko is a massive umbrella, much the way that mm-hmm. Volkswagen is a massive umbrella and they just have subsidiaries on subsidiaries yeah. on subsidiaries. So, yeah, um, but that sort of wraps up everything that I think I want to talk about for watches. Do you have anything today for watches? It's been sort of a no. I've, I've been, week. you know, honestly, between jury duty and work, yeah, I've had no time to do anything. That's a, that's a it's been a rough week for you. Um, so hopefully we can get back into it, get posted on Instagram a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. It's warmer weather, thank God. Thank goodness. Start driving cars. Start Ooh. making some cool videos. Hopefully, of course, of course. But yeah, yeah. We'll Otherwise, try for that. I guess we'll wrap up today then. Um, that's it. What do we have going on next week? We have Formula E. Formula E. Yeah. Uh, Azerbaijan. Yeah. Grand Prix. A very cool track. Anybody that wants to watch F1 wants to get into it. It's at eight p.m. Mm-hmm. At eight a.m. <laughs> Not p.m. Eight a.m. Eight a.m. It's, we'll be a good, here. That's hopefully. a solid time. Solid time for a race. Not like yeah. China. I do have a bachelor party the night before, so I don't know how I'm gonna. Woo. Boo. <laughs> um. Yeah, let's see a, a win from little Max, hopefully. Yeah, we're stopping. Uh, but yeah. Okay. I think that's it. I think that is it. Uh, thank you guys for listening, as always. Uh, and thank you for joining us on episode 20. Yeah. Big hey, 2-0. Woo! Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know you guys know where to find us, at uh, Time Lapse Podcast on Instagram. Mikey, give the shout out for the, uh, for the actual podcast there. Yeah. You're better with that. Uh, you can find us on iTunes yes. if you're listening to us on iTunes. Hello. Um, search Time Lapse Podcast. When you search Time Lapse Podcast, you know, there's quite a bit there, but we are the first ones. We are the first ones. Um, no one else had that. The only ones. Idea. Um, we are on Google Play Music. We are on SoundCloud, all Time Lapse Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Time Lapse Podcast, on Twitter at Time Lapse Podcast, Twitter. That's something. Yeah. Kind of weird. It's a, it's a lost. We, 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 we got another follower last week on Twitter. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> a completely empty page. Never been used. <laughs> but it's there. Yeah, it is. Anyways, have a good rest of your week.